not mean division in community. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community, and where we want to create a time and a space for you to remember how to think, but not tell you what to think. My name is Matt Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we record this and every episode of the podcast. And I am here, as usual, with my co-host, Mr. John Wagler. Wags, what is happening with you today? A little disappointed in the response to my Facebook check-in on Sunday when I said that chocolate shakes should only be made with vanilla ice cream. And mm. there were several people who actually like chocolate ice cream. In as, a chocolate shake? Yeah. A lot of heretics out there. I know. Like, I get it. It's supposed to be called a black and white. You are supposed to do it with vanilla ice cream if you have any real dessert taste buds. And people are like, it's a black and white. And I get that. And they're technically correct. But you'd be shocked at how many people don't know that's called a black and white. And I would venture to say that once you put chocolate syrup in it, it then has a chocolate taste, therefore making it a chocolate shake. Now, as the head pastor, you do have the power to excommunicate people from the Correct. church. Correct. Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna. One of them was a rabbi friend of mine, so he's not even. He's, he's not here. He's not here. But little by little, we we are weeding people out, weeding out the heretics <laughs> based on their milkshake preferences. Yeah. This is from the man. A little peek behind the curtain. This is from the man who claims that he can tell the difference between a cookie that's been stored in a Ziploc bag. And one that's been stored in a Tupperware. And have done several taste tests to prove that I can do it. To prove positive you're Buddy the Elf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But um, today we're not here to talk about John's proclivity for uh, discernment in, ta- in uh, sweets. <laughs> um, to, uh, today we're here to talk with our guest who's here in the room with us. You've heard her charming laugh and now you're going to be introduced to her. We're here with DeAndra Clark. Hi, guys. I wish we were here to talk about cookies. (laughs) (laughs) It would be so much easier. (laughs) And uh, we are, I I mean, I can't really say we're taking a break from our Black History Month series because, Deandra, you are a powerful uh, woman of color. Still black black since we walked in this room. Uh, You are a... a, uh, my favorite boss lady here oh, thanks. in the in the organization and also yes a woman of color that's me um but we are going to sort of take a break from our normally scheduled programming to talk about something that y'all out there you listeners really wanted to hear about yeah <laughs> and that is the NFL halftime show from the Super Bowl this year yep um, in typical stay curious fashion, we've let it ruminate a little bit. We are not a uh, we are not a breaking news organization here, <laughs> so we don't feel the pressure to uh, cover things as they happen. <clears throat> so we've taken uh, a couple of weeks. How long has it been? When was the Super Bowl? Two weeks ago, according to YouTube. Yeah, it's fresh for me because I just watched it this morning. Yeah, so it was a couple of weeks ago. But I, I will say it, it. It this doesn't not pertain to Black History Month, kind of. Yeah, it's a stretch. It's it would be a stretch. <laughs> But there is cultural elements to this that I think matter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's absolutely, yeah. Puerto Rican yeah. elements. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I think there is. There are cultural elements to this that have to do with a racial minority group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today, though Deandra, as a woman of color, is not mm-hmm. particularly a Latinx person. Not really. She is a professional dancer. That's me. That's true. <laughs> um, so Deandra, just kind of like talk us through a little bit about... Um, not just like sort of what your role is here at Hill City, but what your history is with the art of dance. Oh, sure. I'm a choreographer. 
not for Hill City. I'm the office manager for Hill City, but I am a choreographer throughout the city of Richmond. I own Studio 4 Dance Agency. I used to be a professional dancer in L.A. I also teach at two studios here locally, and I coach a high school dance team. That's awesome. That's a lot. A lot of dance, yeah. I know that I've ever heard your accolades listed out. Um, and what is like when you were dancing, uh, on the West coast, like what were some sort of like, what are maybe some jobs you did or some like things you were a part of that people may recognize or, or be able to sort of associate with larger culture? The biggest one that most people recognize is I danced for in a Disney Lizzie McGuire commercial. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I did dance for Neo and Alicia Keys, but everyone recognizes Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> I don't know. Alicia Keys is pretty bad. I, know, yeah. I would say Alicia. I don't know if I can count her. All I did was like run across stage, turn around twice, and run off. And that's really all I did in her entire 15-minute set. But I still list her because she's a good resume booster. (laughs) Although Neo, I feel like maybe this is wrong or slanted in some way, but I feel like he's gotten bigger with being on World of Dance. Yeah, uh uh-huh, absolutely. And I don't know why because his catalog is crazy long. Really? He has like 10 albums, so many number ones. Yeah, he's a prolific uh, musical artist. He's written for so many people. Right. But yeah, World of Dance is his biggest thing. Yeah. It's weird what takes. (laughs) Right. That's true. So, Deandra, we're so glad to have you here. And we're super glad to have your um, perspective on this halftime show. Mm -hmm. I think that it would be, um, I think there's plenty of. men writing about it online there's a lot of women mm. writing about it online too but yeah um john and i always try to be uh cognizant of like not just being two white dudes in a room talking about a thing that, i appreciate that uh, <laughs> a whole lot and so we're glad that you're here to um sort of flesh it out for us mm. um no pun intended um <laughs> so deandra you did not watch it live i didn't no. i watched it last night so you watched it last night. Same with me. John, you're the only one who watched it live. So you have a, a particular perspective that we'll get into as far as like watching it with, with your kids around and, and, and yeah. other people. Yeah. But Deandra, um, as a dancer, as a woman of color, mm-hmm. um, give up, just go for it. What, what were your mm-hmm. thoughts both on what you saw and also maybe on some of the things you might have heard uh, as responses to it? I have not heard a lot of responses outside of the office here because most of the people that I follow on social media are dancers are lover of the arts in some way so I have not heard one negative thing about the Super Bowl (laughs) all of the dancers loved it which I assumed was going to happen I assumed it was going to be great which is why I didn't watch it because I was like I know it's great I can move on I wasn't interested in it no offense to JLo or Shakira however when I watched it last night I was amazed I was so impressed with JLo's part Shakira I think Shakira had the wrong choreographer for her, so a lot of the movements didn't translate very well for Shakira, but J-Lo's part was amazing. I was I was taken away. From the moment J-Lo stepped on stage, I was like, wow. It was so good. It was so good. Visually, creatively, artistically, choreographically, it was just, I loved it. So for Shakira's part, um, I've played guitar for t- almost 20 years, 15 years. I can't chew gum and play guitar at the same time. So when she like was doing choreography and then threw a guitar on and played it and it was playing drums at some point, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's interesting that you – what did you feel like was the – what was the difference between the two choreographies and why did one work and one not as much in your – Shakira has a super specific dance style, which is like belly dancing, body roll, hip movement, 
And whoever her choreographer was clearly is not skilled in that area. So she should have had a choreographer that is skilled in the same same in the same skill set as Shakira so that it could have translated better. So instead of having like a belly dancer choreographer, she had a normal somebody who's probably skilled in twerking <laughs> trying to get Shakira to body roll in the same way that she is. And it didn't come across right. It didn't translate well, which made it a really bad, not really bad, but mediocre performance for Shakira for a Super Bowl she should have done better Mm. but it's not her fault I blame her choreographer Shakira's still great we've all had bad choreographers (laughs) once I had the twerking one that was not my best um so you know one of the big sort of um pushbacks against it was that it was too sexy Mm -hmm. specifically you know that JLo's performance and and costume was too revealing, too sexy. The camera was too sort of like in between her legs the whole time. Mm. From from your standpoint, though, as as a dancer and as a woman um, and as a viewer who was watching it and sort of like by yourself, so you weren't in a big crowded room. Mm-hmm. What when you hear those those sort of um, critiques? What do you what is your response or like? What do you feel like is maybe misunderstood or, or missed by those critiques? I don't see any of that. I can understand the costume part. It's clear. J-Lo's worn worse. Like, I don't, like, it's, I think that it's obvious that she's not wearing a see-through jumpsuit. That's clearly not her skin. Like, it's flesh-colored. Does, am, I can't be the only one that knew that. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I don't understand how people can be so offended by that. It's just a flesh-colored jumpsuit. She's 51, and she's a mother of f- several kids. I don't know how many. But I doubt that she would be wearing a see-through jumpsuit. I can understand why, but when you were thinking logically, you can't be offended by that. But I don't think that her legs were open sexually that often. The only part that I could be like, okay, maybe, is when she was the pole was behind her and she had she was lifted up on someone's shoulders and she did a squat. But it don't I don't think that was super sexual. Like we see that in the gym all the time. People squat all the time. I don't. I didn't see it was very sexual. I think that the dancers a lot of times were standing in a wide stance, which is normal. And maybe yes, their legs were open, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't see a whole lot of twerking. I didn't see a whole lot of sexual movement. There was a lot of hip rotation, but that's their culture. Right. Like America is very taboo about sex and sexuality and things like that. I think most other cultures are very passionate, and it seems very normal in that culture. So if this was a cultural performance, which it was, it highlighted Latin America a whole lot. That's their normal, mm. and I don't think they were trying to. Impress, not impress. I don't think they were trying to put on a show for us. They were trying to put on a show for their culture. And I think if they held back any more than what they did, then they wouldn't be true to their culture. And that is what I think they were trying to get across. However, I am black. I am not Latin American, so I don't. That's just my guess and assumption. <laughs> so, as but as a student of dance, have you studied um, sort of like different cultures dancing? Yeah. And and so you can you can yeah. say the. Again, though you're black and, and not Latinx, mm-hmm. like you can say with some education that like Absolutely. as a student of dance, this is how Latin dance often yes. is. I used to dance with the Latin Ballet of Virginia and all of their dances, every single one of them has a lot of hip rotation. And if we're just even if it's a if you were to go to salsa dancing, a lot of hip rotation, but if you were doing it accurately, someone might think you're over-sexualizing it in America. But that's just how the dance is. It's a lot of hip rotation and isolation in your core to make your hips 
stand out more. But it's not sexual. That's just how the dance is. That didn't happen in this performance. But I'm just saying in general, there was no salsa dancing. But there were moments where they had their hands or their knees and they were hunched over. But they weren't twerking. They were just in a not standing upright position. But <laughs> Do you think that with some of it, and I understand what you're saying about like the sexual piece and cultural mm-hmm. elements to it. Because I mean, that definitely makes sense that things that maybe are culturally normative somewhere yeah. else. If you're not if from that culture, you're immediately like taken right, back yeah. by it. Is there within when you're putting together a dance or when you're chore- you know chore- choreographing something, does the sexual component play in though? Yes. Okay. Yes, especially I think for this show, they might have toned it down considering that it is a family friendly televised event. But they, I think that they still wanted to remain true to their culture and not take away from it. I think the pole dancing aspect might have been a problem for some people, but it wasn't sexual. She just climbed up the pole. You know what I mean? I didn't see anything sexual. She climbed up and she spun around. I didn't see anything sexual about it except for the squat. I, I get the squat because it's mm. facing the camera. I get that one. But everything else was just... Yeah. talent you know what I mean I would, like I was, again this is whatever but I would say <clears throat> I would my perspective 100% agree with you on a lot of what you're saying that I do think that there were elements though like that were like blatantly sexual mm. like I would I would consider like a stripper pole mm. can I say that yes <laughs> yes okay I, I you're don't asking know. me well I know no, no no I just didn't know if like like that's like a terminology I shouldn't use or something. So, oh, no, I think I that's think, what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. But yeah. inherently, that's sexual. Yes. I don't know, though. <laughs> right. So, it's it's supposed like, to be. be- like, it, But I'm saying it's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. What were you going to say, Dan? It's supposed to be because that's what most people associate it with, like a strip club. Right. Okay. But and that it's was actually a the sport. movie Hustlers. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that's not like she wasn't doing it for sport. That was a... That was paying homage to her movie Hustler right. about being yes. a dancer. Yes. 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 Okay. But since she didn't do any, I didn't think she did anything sexual on the pole. I took it as just additionally taking it a step further and showing how much strength it takes to be up there, to spin. Like, that's a huge talent I, that I cannot do. And I consider <laughs> myself pretty athletic, and I cannot pull myself sure. up a stripper pole. So it's it's really hard. I saw it as... I'm 50, look what I can do. Right. 51, look what I can do. Yeah, I definitely think that, like, the reality of it is, is that, um, like, pole dancing is now become an athletic female empowerment thing. Yeah. Um, For a lot of women, like, there are women that don't, that would never go into a strip club that take pole dancing classes. Now, obviously, we cannot deny that it has its roots in strip clubs. Absolutely. Um, But I would still say, I mean, this is, Someone could argue this, but I would say if you were to go outside and pull 20 women and you said, is the pole dancing for athletics or for stripping, my gut would tell me that the majority would say stripping. Probably. Mm. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it. So I will say that on the spectrum, I had a an expectation going in because I was in your place, DeAndra, where... Um, I had heard a lot about it, but had not watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of expectation going in as to what was going to be where. And yeah. and I guess my expectation of the poll was it was going to be the the sexiest part. 
And I feel like on the spectrum of like what could have happened with right. the poll, she definitely, the choreography definitely like geared more toward a strength thing than a yes. sexiness thing. But I also was going into it looking for things and instead of seeing what was there, in a lot of instances, I think I was seeing what was not there. Mm. Um, like you mentioned the like, there wasn't any twerking, there wasn't any. It's not unheard of in like particularly sexually charged performances or choreography for the lead person to grab one of the, um, you know, backup dancers and like grind a little bit or mm-hmm. do something that was, that is like, I think more blatantly, like here's a simulated sexual. Right. Yeah, like when the rapper did it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. But yeah. Um, and they, I don't even know who it was, yeah. but there was so much space between them also. And we all know that Jennifer Lopez sometimes is known for her body shape. And I still think her suit like flattened her backside a lot. So it wasn't even like overly sexualized. Like I can see your whole butt out of your, you know, but it was really like, it was, I don't know. I just think she had on a decent suit, but even when she was with the dancer, there was so much space in between them. It wasn't sexual. Like that could have been like a two. No, don't say that. Cause we don't want to influence high school kids to dance like that. But there was just so much okay. space in between them. All right. So that's actually, so you just saying that is like, I, this is like kind of the juxtaposition of some of this stuff that True. like matters is like you saying like there is like a part of this where you're like we, we wouldn't want like I wouldn't want you teaching Nevaeh that. Right. I get that. So there's a reason for that. Yes. However, if you said we're going to teach salsa dancing, I would be OK with that. And I understand that there's a the purpose is is very mm-hmm. different. So I think that's part of the discussion that people are having and and being aware of is like where is the line so to speak where there is the beauty of dance there is the cultural element there is the strong body movements and all of that versus what's just trying to sell sex I don't necessarily think they were trying to sell sex I think that they did a good job of making sure they appealed to every audience that was going to be watching that show they appealed to the women about the empowerment and being on the pole. They appealed to the men with the sexiness of it. They appealed to the kids by having the kids on the show. I think Jennifer Lopez's portion of the show did a really good job of making sure it was an even balance for everyone. Even the kids. I mean, I guess I understand why it may have came across shocking for some families that had kids in the room. Maybe they weren't prepared for it, but I don't know how you could not be prepared. It's Shakira. Like, sure. <laughs> when has she ever worn and pants? It's a halftime show, right? So. Yeah, and and so that brings up a point I wanted to make, which is like, football and basketball are have at some point in our history married themselves to sex and a sexual element because mm-hmm. there's no cheerleaders in baseball mm-hmm. and there's no cheerleaders in soccer. Right. <laughs> and there's no like halftime dancers in either of those games. Well, of course there's no halftime in baseball, mm-hmm. but um, so there's something about whether we want to acknowledge it or not from the most um, conservative cheerleading routine all the way up to what we saw at the halftime show. There is an element that is like we're, there's a sexual element to it. There is a there is a um, appealing to the testosterone of the event by presenting young women doing dances. Mm-hmm. Um, now that doesn't have to be lascivious. It can be 
fairly innocent and like anybody who's ever seen cheerleaders especially now that i watch cheer which if you guys haven't watched it like just the horrifying things those people put in filter. <laughs> um but i mean even just like nfl cheerleader outfits are not yeah that much better than right yeah <laughs> oh, we no i totally agree yeah. um so there's some so we should acknowledge that there is some and, and there aren't cheerleaders in every major sport so there's some element to specifically football and basketball in this country that is just like it's just like burgers come with fries. Like right. there's something about those sports that comes yeah. with a side of sexy. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, you know, of but some is, level like of sexy. So I'll give right? you an example. The other night I was at the VCU basketball game and the dancers came out and mm. in their normal lack Nothing. of clothing. Right. right? Like, and <laughs> so I don't ever watch the show at, at halftime. And so I was just like watching like essentially a bunch of just older men just mm-hmm. with googly eyes. Just yeah. Like, and I'm like, they're not the women out there are not being em- empowered right right because all they're doing to the men at prim- and and listen this is a problem of men i'm not saying this is a women's problem it's there's this weird dynamic that sex goes with sports that I, from a women empowerment again like why wouldn't women want to not be a part of that Do, you know what i'm saying like if if it's about sex for men watching women dance, because right. it primarily is like those those men were not sitting there at the VCU game being like, "Ooh, I love Look that, at that pirouette!" Right? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> and they weren't even like it was more sexual in nature yeah. and sensual. And so if if that's the primary reason, mm-hmm. like three quarters of the arena is watching them, and then the younger kids that are there, like parents are. You can see, like, a lot of parents telling them not to watch it, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's a chunk that love it for the dance, right? So yeah. if overwhelmingly it's not empowering to women. it's a good question. Then why, then why, why does that happen? I wish I had the answer for you, but <laughs> it's. I think it's. It's got to vary based on the women. Some women might watch it and envy the attention that those dancers are getting, and may want that same attention. That may be why they want to be a part of it. There may be some women who want to be a part of it just for the skill and the technique and the love of dance. There might be. I think J Lo and Shakira. If I were them wanted to be a part of it strictly for the promotion that it brings to them after this is all over. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Shakira fan, but I don't know when the last time she's had a song out. Maybe sure. this revived her career. J-Lo has been in the Latin American eyes for so long, maybe this brought her back to America fans. So I think women do it for various reasons. I don't necessarily think that they're doing any woman in any part of the sport dance arena is doing it for women empowerment i don't think there's no reason i can't think of one reason that i want to be a redskins cheerleader just for women's empowerment i can't think of anyone and i know a few redskins cheerleaders and i can't think of why they do it um they definitely don't do it for women's empowerment they do it for their paycheck but totally different so but um i think that they're just doing it for popularity Envy of the sexual attention that they get or for self-promotion and self, yeah, just self-promotion where it can get them in their careers. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it's, Jennifer it's Lopez started. Like, I, so we love World of Dance, the show. Like, yeah. we watch mm-hmm. it as a family and, like, 
we just love it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's funny because to me, watching that show is like such a great appreciation of dance, mm-hmm. you know? And in particular, a lot of times with women, it's like such a great, yeah. like it's strong women and, and it's such like an empowering thing. And whenever I see it on the sports side, I'm always like, gosh, it just feels weird. Like it's always like sex. Yeah. It's like, it's this, very watered it's like, down. Yeah. It's like such mm-hmm. a big difference. And I, I've just always, I don't know, I've always been taken aback. Like I'm all for women empowerment, but it feels like all of that stuff goes away on the sports side goes away. Mm-hmm. So, okay. If this ends up being one of those Matt things where I say something too weird, we can cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to like put this out there and get everyone's, um, response, especially for you, Deandra, as a student of the art mm-hmm. of dance, right? Mm-hmm. There's an anthropological argument for this. Wow. <laughs> that is, okay. <laughs> I know, big 25 somewhere. <laughs> There's an anthropological argument for this that, is, that says this. All dancing is about sex. Huh. So dancing is, from the time it was invented, a way for um, opposite sex partners to determine the fitness of a potential partner, mate, mate, <laughs> whatever. I mean, if you go back to, to like ancient cultures, like a potential, like belly dancing has been around for a very long time. Sure. Even, yeah. even again, I, I can try to come up with citations for this, but uh, even like the most conservative Victorian ballroom, you know, dancing with the violins and the, like mm-hmm. the most boring version of dance is still about like yeah. the ability, women looking for a partner, like the ability mm-hmm. of a partner to follow instructions, right. to be strong, um, to guide, mm-hmm. to do like, and it all sort of on some level comes down to the fitness of a partner. Right? Yes. Um, in co- I, in co- but co- I would dancing. say tribally, and you can chime in for this, but I would also say that like in terms of like tribes and stuff, yes. dance is like a massive part of community expression of joy and celebration. And so it's not just having to, I totally agree with what you're saying it but i think there also is the end that's like this connection point of people and of body movement and of joy so i think mm-hmm. that there's another side to set to dance than okay. just that part right you i think in, in some cultures yes i agree with you that it is derived from sex but i think it has evolved to much more i i can't see anyone in a, any tap dancer doing anything <laughs> To attract a partner. Like, it's just happening. <laughs> it's just rhythmic movement Look, of your feet. If, it, if it's out there, somebody's Mary B. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it might have started that way, but I don't think all dance is that way, no. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, so, um, Jenny took, like, a tap dancing class as an adult. Mm-hmm. And obviously it wasn't, like, a super sexy dance or anything. But I can remember, like, watching her do her recital or whatever and just thinking, like, <laughs> the confidence that it takes to do that is yeah. kind of a turn-on. Like, yeah. I'm 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 very attracted to my wife right now. Yeah. She's doing, like, what is very vaudevillian sort of, like, you know, com- <laughs> not comical, but, like, goofy, non-sexual dancing. But I was just thinking, like, the confidence. There's a confidence to it. Uh, I believe that, that. you're trying to exude. And I think yeah. that's another thing, too, is that, like, the intersectionality of confidence and sexuality, especially mm-hmm. for women, can be a blurry line. Yeah. Like as you're trying to exude massive amounts of confidence in a world that's telling you you should have none. Yes. And for those two women specifically, in a world that's telling them you had your time, you're 50, step off, let the next girl in. Yes. Um, for them to uh, exude confidence in a way um, that does butt up against ultra sexy mm-hmm. um, is also part of, I think, part of it. Like it's, I do. It's that... Their trade, Shakira and J-Lo, 
their their trade. They're not shoemakers. They're not lumberjacks. They're sexy dancers, like mm-hmm. and, and singers and entertainers and actors. Yeah. But like that's part of their trade, and and so some of it is them standing against a world that says you're too old, you haven't had a hit in a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, fade into the good night, and them right. saying, well, no, I won't do that. Right. Um, I'm I'm gonna do my trade, <laughs> and I'm gonna do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also can't deny that like part of that trade is sex is like sexiness and 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 right. the selling goes of against, sexuality i don't know i just think it goes against women empowerment to some to some of them not the full thing because i understand there's a part of like embracing your sexuality as a mm-hmm. woman absolutely to be strong in that and everything too which is a good thing but i don't know i just i don't know i think I the women empowerment empowerment aspect that i can think of for an exact example is this was a moment of redemption, culmination, full circle. I'm not quite sure what the right word is, but J-Lo started as an in-living color dancer. And to end up at the Super Bowl, that's got to be a big moment for her. With her daughter, that has to be a big moment. And I don't. that's empowering if anyone knew J-Lo's story from the beginning or to know her from Flashdance, to see her now. That's got to be empowering for some women, her journey, maybe not the dance moves, but her journey and the fact that she is where she is may be empowering for some women. Yeah, that's really good. I wanted to ask something as a choreographer. Um, it seemed, so her first costume um, was like sort mm-hmm. of a leather number. And so it was, meant to, it was meant to be a little edgy, right? So like leather is edgy and like the, yeah. the, the dancers were sort of like a little bit of a nod to like bondagey biker mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So I think it was not accidental that it was like pushing the envelope a little bit. Yeah. I did. I, it seemed to me though, and I don't know if you saw this when you watched it, that she seemed not self-conscious. She was confident, but like she kind of seemed to, you know how, um, you, uh, a really good performer can sort of like make costume adjustments and oh, make yeah. it part of the choreography. She yeah. seemed a little like conscious of some of her bits like in that particular one. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, I'm, I feel like the Super Bowl is not going to hire anyone without saying, push the envelope. I think they want that. You know, and I think they want that sensationalism. But also, I think she might have been nervous about any backlash that she knew she may have gotten from this show. Because I'm sure they wanted edginess. And she was like, I don't want to be too edgy. So she's like, let me just get this off really quickly. Or, you know, something like, <sighs> she might have been nervous herself in that moment about her costume choice and about how that backlash could affect her career. She's got a lot on the line. So maybe she was nervous about, ah, I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. I would, you know, not to switch gears or take it down a different path, but there is like part of why so many people are talking about it. I, I would say this, it non-Christian folks weren't ta- like not talking about it in this way, right? Like they mm-hmm. were just like, it's a show or it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's whatever. I do think the faith element that comes into play, you know, I, I know some people complained about, my kids were watching it, and mm-hmm. my thing with that is like, then just turn the channel, yeah, or walk away. Uh, I know one guy suing. Now this is a really? hyperbolic number. He's suing the NFL for eight hundred sixty-seven trillion dollars because he just like came up with it. And, so um, a crazy person is suing. The yeah, NFL. really. He's a Christian activist in Ohio, or at least that's how he frames himself. And uh, Christian activist in Ohio that's suing the NFL because. There was no warning that there would be por- that there would be porn on the screen. Stop it! And um, and so there, you see. Now I don't clearly I don't agree with what he's saying, but he's going through and saying like, you know, it's not it's not about me. Like I I can turn the channel. It's not about my kids. I can turn the channel. But what about the kids, mm-hmm. the nine year old that's sitting there 
you know, mm-hmm. parents aren't paying attention or whatever. There should be some kind of warning for what someone might see as a child. Crazy. Like, well, you know, what's interesting, though, I will say this not in, def- not in defense of that guy, but it was interesting talking to my kids afterwards. Like, I stopped watching it, but, mm-hmm. like, it was interesting. Our, like, our kids, like, their perspective, I mean, it was sexual and, like, it, it, it yeah. was to them. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, there was something, like, like wondering. And then even the girls at the, some of the girls in the room, like, they started trying to do the moves. And it was, so there was something there with kids that you yeah. do have to be aware of as a parent. Like, again. I get that. I, when people are freaking out about the show, I'm like, it's the NFL. It's not a Christian organization. Right. They don't represent Christ. Like, so right. just understand with what you're getting into anyway. Like, right. And to your point earlier, Matt, about sex and football go together. So there, yeah. so people just have to know, like, no, that's part of the deal. But as people of faith, there is, and, and this is what I was going to ask, when it comes to dance, as a Christian, you mm-hmm. are, do you ever feel the tension of like certain movements or do you like, are you cognizant of things and choreography or, mm-hmm. you know, does that play in at all? Yes. Especially as a dance teacher, it plays in a lot because I want to make sure that the example that not only the things that I'm teaching them, but the example that I'm showing them is that you don't have to go this route, especially if you have strong feelings in your faith. But it's when I'm teaching adults it's not, I don't think the only time that I've had a pull is when I'm doing like a very sexual partner dance and it's like more sexual than the Super Bowl was sexual. That's the only time I feel a strong pull. But other than that, I re- always know that it's just movement. It's just expression. I'm just trying to emulate the lyrics that I'm hearing because as dancers, we're the visual to the music. So it would be one thing to do movements, but not show that emotion while you're doing this. So if I'm dancing to um, Pharrell Williams happy, clearly I need to be happy. Mm -hmm. But if I'm dancing to, I don't know, Purple Rain, like I need to evoke that same emotion as in Purple Rain. So when I do sexual movements with other adults, not kids, but when I do (laughs) sexual movements, I know that I am just playing out a role, which is the lyrics in the song. I don't necessarily take it as it never bothers me or crosses my faith or anything like yeah. that i know that it's just movement unless i'm with another person and then i'm like oh this isn't right yeah, yeah sure. well yeah it has to be at that point. right yeah well i think what you're also describing too is not not many i mean your common person doesn't think about the art right yes it, or the, uh-huh. yeah. i mean that's just a reality i mean like there's yeah it, the common people don't think yeah. about the I art that. of dance and, or the emotion of it or the lyric to the song that right. like impacts it or all. the difficulty level that is associated with it yeah, like sure. the difficulty level with that stripper pole like yeah she's on a stripper pole but do you know how much she had to do to get oh up God. there and to hold herself there or if we're doing a sexual movement that involves hip work like the belly dancing or salsa like that's hard like it's not easy still struggling with it so yeah. so Me too. the difficult <laughs> the difficulty level is also something that should be taken into consideration yeah. and I get it if you're not a dancer so you don't see all of that at first glance. But when have you been to a Super Bowl or seen a Super Bowl show with a woman and it wasn't sexual? Like, I feel like that's what they hire these women to well, do. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you, I think people just need to know that. I mean, yeah. You didn't hear anyone talk about it last year with Adam Levine and as he was mm-hmm. leather pants. As he was, and, yeah, take literally getting undressed. Yeah. You know, so like, oh, it also shows the 
hypocrisy of some of this stuff. And yeah. And also, I would I'm in the camp of if you're gonna denounce, if you're gonna get on kind of the ivory tower of the Super Bowl show, mm-hmm. you, you also better be doing it everywhere. Right. Yeah. Like in music and <laughs> yeah. TV shows and movies, um, mm-hmm. political leaders. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you yeah. you better be doing it everywhere or else you're just a hypocrite about it. Yeah. Right? And it's just convenient with the Super Bowl show. Yeah, I think it's also, I, I want to make sure we note this because I know somebody is yelling at their radio or, <laughs> or AirPods right now that um, I watched it and, you know, I watched it in a vacuum. So I was sitting in our office watching it, uh, not in the context of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I, I saw a pretty big political statement. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, there's been sort of two sides of like one per one side saying this was if there was it was like super like drowned out by the sex aspect of it and I get that and then you know the other side is like no you don't get it like white people just don't get it and I, okay I saw a um, culture who has been told in the past two years mm-hmm. we're afraid of you and because of that we will put you and your children into in, detention centers mm-hmm. um and that culture responding, well, here we are anyway. Right. Um, this is what we are, whether you like it or not, whether you're scared of it or not. Um, sex and, and shaken and, and, mm-hmm. and all. But also little kids in America t-shirt and like uh, flag t-shirts singing born mm-hmm. in the USA um, in light up cages. Now, yeah. there is a part of me. Um, that's like, yeah, but why didn't, like, if they want to make that statement, you know, I'm a Rage Against the Machine guy, so I'm like, why didn't they just come out in, like, military fatigues and tell everybody to quit putting kids in cages? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. for that. But then there's the other part that's like, well, there's something to subversive art. There's something to sneaking in Mm -hmm. um, important messages with, you know, it's like the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. Was you could argue there was too much sugar, right? <laughs> um, and not enough medicine. But, like, there is something to that sort of subversive um, uh, protest or that sort of subversively yeah. political art that, you know, I don't know. I saw I saw it. We now, had 30 people in our house. Not one saw the cages. Oh, really? That seems crazy. And no one saw it until... Um, someone mentioned it later on on mm-hmm. social media that there were cages. Oh, yeah. And so, oh, yeah. so I'm just saying that like that, and so yeah. so that would be a point of saying I, I'm with you. I'm like I love political mm-hmm. statements and when people do art for that way, and but overwhelmingly, again, and this can go to a lot of different things from people mm-hmm. not understanding art and people not and not paying attention to the little moments, but mm-hmm. overwhelmingly that message was lost. Right. Mm-hmm overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. i also think that the people there were a lot of people that did super bowl before this one that made political statements in the obvious way like beyonce was all black or somebody else did Mm -hmm. fatigues once before so Mm -hmm. i'm sure that the creative process they didn't want the feedback to be like oh you copied this other person so maybe that's the best that she could do (laughs) well we should also acknowledge we don't have a latino person present i wonder like if the 40 people in or 30 people in your living room had all been you know of different uh latinx like i think there would have definitely been a way different response like in terms of even uh well but there were people in the house that loved it so but like they're but there was also people that like recognized dance and art, and, mm-hmm. and so yeah. they appreciated that part of it too. But. And again, I want to reiterate, I wasn't coming into it pure. Like my viewing of it, 
I can't unread all the stuff I read. <laughs> so, like, True, same I here. There's a good chance that if I had been in your living room, I also would not have seen it. Right. Uh, I don't know. I can't say. Um, but it's still worth mentioning that whether it was yeah. lost on some of us or not, there did seem to be a strong political and cultural statement about um, the Latin population and culture yeah. and in the ways that it's been attacked in the last couple of years, yeah. I think. Um whether it was lost or not, you know, tree in the woods doesn't mm. falls and nobody yeah. hears it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, any other any other thoughts? Any other stuff that you wanted to say, Deandra, or mm. thoughts that you had maybe about this or dance in general or things you want to tell people? Nope. Well, <laughs> well, yes, but they are not related to the sexualizing of it. I just also wanted to mention that the whole show was Latin America. Like the production team and the creative direction team was Nappy Tabs, who's a choreography husband and wife. And they created all of the visuals and a lot of the dancers, the majority of the dancers were a part of this group called Request Crew, who are also Latin American. And they were just great. And the whole production was Latin and it was great. I that just loved it. So awesome. I like mm-hmm. that part was really great about the show. Just the appreciation of, culture yeah uh-huh. I thought that was really cool I, I just couldn't too. get over Shakira playing the, like the different yeah. instruments not because girls can't play instruments I didn't but know. because she was doing the dance and like then she was playing guitar and then it came back up and she was playing drums I, I didn't know like, she could play the drums and go now. off you guys know I'm into drums right now so <laughs> <laughs> she has a new fan <laughs> I did not know oh man very cool well thanks everyone uh first off thanks for for just like responding to us and communicating with us and telling us you wanted to hear an episode about this um if you want to continue to do that you can do so by emailing us at stay curious at hillcityrva.com you can follow us on instagram at stay curious pod or you can follow us on the bad website twitter.com <laughs> at stay curious cast um thanks to deandra for joining us oh thank you guys i hope to have you on again sometime i soon. would love it yes we would love <laughs> to have you and until next time everyone remember stay curious <laughs> <laughs>